Now, before we get into this episode of the Parked Up podcast, uh, we've got our very good friend from the Race Fuels. It's Mark Tini, who's got some very exciting news. Ladies and gentlemen, Race Fuels has a brand new website. Mark Tini, what are your thoughts on having a new presence, a new online presence? Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Teddy. Good to have all the videos online. Good to have all the brochures and all the latest information particularly as we head into 2022. It's, uh, it's brand spanking new, very exciting. And TD, there's a whole lot of interviews that you and I have done together, some of the best work online now for posterity. Well, I, I've actually checked it out quite a few times already. So uh, I can back you up. There's some great content of me on the website. <laughs> <laughs> of course, ladies and gentlemen, it's all about Tony D. But in fact, it's not. It's all about racefuels.com.au. The website is brand new. You need to go and check it out. Find out the fuel that you need, that you use, uh, and uh, how you can order it, um, how you receive it, where you can buy it from. Um, and there's also some fun content on there as well that you can uh, go back through the archives. Tony D, I know you've gone through all of the Race Fuels videos. Which one is your favorite on there? Mate, you are setting me up to fail right now because you know I haven't looked at it. <laughs> you should just, this is your point just to say it's my video. The one where you received a new hat. My video, my video. Any video that I'm with Mark is a highlight of my day. Some of my best work. Some of my best work is with TD <laughs> in the garage. Actually, you know the one that I do like, I'm assuming it's on there, is the one of the, uh, the Matt Campbell Porsche. That was bloody good. Yeah, nice. There nice. we go. Some some wall racing loving. Hey, if you want to see that Matt Campbell Porsche with Mark Tini uh, and a whole range of other content that you need and some of the stuff that you don't even need, uh, it's on the new racefuels.com.au. Mark, thanks for joining us and let's get into the pod. Two of the very best operators. Mark, jump in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hi there, everyone. This is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony Delberto, a huge week in motorsport. Tony D, how the hell are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm still here, which is very, very good considering I got my booster shot yesterday. Oh, how are you feeling? Yes. What flavor well, did you get? I got Pfizer. Pfizer? Mm. Yes. So um, you've had three Pfizer's? Yes. Yes. Right. Um, no side effects. Perfect. Oh. Yeah. yeah I had uh, I had my Moderna. Moderna. Yeah. And uh, it, it sounds like a bit of an old Formula One team. It does. Moderna is, was, the, uh, was the Formula One team back in the day. Uh, and uh, it kind of hurt my arm a bit. It felt like... Um, you know, like my, when it went in, or no, nah, no, nah, just afterwards. It felt yeah. like my mate in year five punched when I was in year five punched me, and he just had a dead arm. Yeah, I, I've had a, I've had a dead arm today. Um, didn't feel it go in. A little bit of a headache last night, but besides that, uh, and maybe being a little bit tired today. But Steph had it uh, a couple of weeks ago now, and she was really crook. Mm, no good. Um, but. It's uh, it's just a world, isn't it? What a world. What a world. <laughs> and is it going to affect any of the racing? We brought this up last week and there's still some questions about uh, whether that's going to happen. We've got heaps of racing to talk about. There's been heaps of 
uh, news break over the last few days, some significant news stories, which we'll go through uh, in the news. Uh, but just let me tell you about something real quick that I did today, just a um, little thing that I was doing for my good friends at Castrol. We uh, went out to Thomas Randall's Dream Simulation, wow. Dream Motorsport. And I'd been there before. Is it like my simulator? It is not. Well, you have to take <laughs> these steps to get up to his simulator. And he's also yeah. got another simulator in the next soundproofed room, uh, which is for the open wheelers and the Formula One style cars. So he's your simulator actually really isn't that bad. No, it's actually no, very good. It's not. It's not. But not quite as flash as Thomas's one. No, no, no. So, uh, so I got to go through that, and he um, went through a lot of the uh, supercars races. Of course, he's going to drive the Castrol Racing Ford Mustang for Tickford Racing this year. And I grabbed him for a little bit of a chat uh, and got to go. Nice. And he's such a, he's such a nice guy. He's such a nice a guy. So very accommodating. Um, spoke to his dad for a, quite a bit of the day as well, Dean Randall. Um, you know, he's been around the game for, for such a, a long time as well. So um, a great family effort and, you know, they've um, they've got the ultimate reward with them stepping up to the main game in 2022. Yeah, have, uh, have you had much to do with Thomas over the years? No, not particularly. Um, he's obviously a little bit younger than what I am, but I do uh, admire what he's been able to achieve in his uh, short career so far. And he's got himself in a really good position at Tickford coming in at a very good time as well. I think, you know, one more year of the current car to sort of get acclimatized to the championship and then you know, into Gen 3, which I'm sure we're going to talk about quite a bit in the news. But I think at that stage there, he'll feel comfortable in the championship. He'll uh, also get the opportunity to have maybe a, a level playing field with the new car. So um, he's achieved a lot, obviously chased his dream overseas, but come back and has done great things here. And we've, we've seen him do the wild card thing, particularly last year and uh, wasn't afraid to mix it near the front either. So um, yeah. And obviously the story that he's, uh, you know, been through cancer and, you know, he's still one of the development series, even going through that, like it's a huge amount to achieve in such a short period of time. Yep. And uh, above all else, an absolute ripper. So I caught up with him uh, a little earlier. We talked simulators and Tickford and uh, a whole bunch of things. So uh, nice. so listen out for that. Okay. Um, all right. Look, we should stop quacking on. Let's just bowl into some news because there has been a lot of it. Tony D, here we go. This is the news. It's brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. Now, Tony D, heaps to go through. I'll let you pick. What one do you want to do first? Do you want to do CEO? Do you want to do Gen 3 <laughs> testing? Do you want to do the news that broke on the day after we published our first pod back? Like, oh, come on, what are these people doing? Time. Team Sydney. every time. So the Webs Techno Autosport, Jonathan Webb, has sold... Team Sydney. Uh, it is now owned by Peter Zibris, who is the proud owner of uh, what was Team Sydney. I think Premier Hire Racing. I'm sure that's what he'll what he'll call it. I don't know what the official team name might be, but yep, he's in. He's in, and the webs are out, which is a little bit of an end of an era in so many ways. I think they came in in 2012. Maybe before, 
mm. as their own um, fully-fledged supercars team. Uh, we can talk a little bit about the... Um, <clears throat> I, think, I think we need to break this down a little bit. We've obviously got the ownership of the team changing. Yes. We've got drivers to talk about as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Rumours of who's going to actually drive these cars. And also, mm -hmm. also, we need to talk about my mate Fabs, who... Yes. At this stage, looks like he's without a seat. What do you know? So where do you want to Where do you want to start? Well, okay. So we've got a brand new team owner in. Uh, I think that's reasonably clear. He's had a I big. Think that's part actually in that. good, to be honest. I he's think that's had, good news. He's had a, a big part in that team. He's owned both of those cars. Been the primary sponsor of Fabian Coulthard's car over the past little while. So his interest in the team has been ever increasing. The rumours of the the webs selling up got really really hot around yeah, one of those it? no, it one around those Sydney motorsport park times. I think yeah. our old mate Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com broke that one, and then a, a lot of the journos at the time also uh, uh, did the backflip and got some quotes off John O'Webb, who would said that he was definitely not going to sell, and it was all complete lies. But obviously, uh, interest to protect so. Uh, that's how that rolled out. But as it has sort of come to pass that the webs are definitely out now and in comes the uh, the new Sydney-based business owner. Where is he going to land this team? Is it Brisbane, Melbourne? I believe that's what I'd read is that he was pretty interested in being in one of those hubs, uh, not necessarily uh, in Sydney. So Does that mean be... the Team Sydney thing is just dead? Gone. I think I think so, unless the unless the New South Wales government or but whatever. did that ever happen? Well, I'm not sure. I guess the, surely there was something, but I'm not sure, and obviously not privy to uh, John O'Webb's mm. accounting books, so uh, I'm not I'm not really sure. But the yeah, look, I thought the idea behind that was good, and especially based at Sydney Motorsport Park. Uh, it's such a great facility, and it's got everything. It's got this amazing circuit. Uh, great Definitely facilities. Definitely, the concept was good, but it didn't didn't got, ever fire. It's got the didn't karting track. It's got the drag racing. It's now going to have speedway there soon. And to have a supercars team based there was mm. really it, it made it the mecca of Australian motorsport. But um, mm. look, it doesn't need a supercars team based there to be a great circuit. It was just you know something extra nice you know for for guests going to the to the circuit to watch racing uh, or whatever, you know. And that, I think, you know, nice. I think even for like mechanics and people within the industry that want to get experience in supercars or see a supercar team operate, um, you had nothing in Sydney to compare it to. You know, Melbourne and, and Brisbane are very spoiled. Um, so the concept was great, but it just never seemed to fire. And I don't know whether that was because of the lack of support from the government or webs or who knows, who yeah. knows, but never seemed to get any better. Yeah. Um, and, and you throw into the mix COVID, um, which would have hurt it as well uh, or compromised it. Because I know at one stage there, they took everything back up to Brisbane because they needed to. So yeah, tricky, but I think, you know, the fact that we've got a new team owner, someone that's uh, fresh to the game, you know, not fresh to motorsport though, you know, with his drags, drag racing background. Mm -hmm. um, he's probably not scared to spend some money, uh, which is a good thing because we know how expensive these bloody things are. I think any time that you, you put a new person in there that wants to prove themselves that has big ambitions is good for the sport. You know, I think it was pretty clear that the webs, 
weren't quite achieving what they wanted to. They weren't getting where they wanted to. Um, and they'd sort of plateaued a little bit. Maybe they just didn't want to keep putting money into it um, or whatever the scenario. So I think that's a really good thing. How it's gone down, it's happened pretty quick. Mm. So something's happened in the background to make this happen quicker than probably what we all expected um, because they were denying it so much. You know, they were saying it's not going to happen, not happening. It's all, you know, kept falling over. And then suddenly, boom, it's sold and new owner and even the drivers don't know what's going on. They haven't yeah. been told. I just mm. find that difficult to, uh, or yeah, poorly managed really. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the next question now, and certainly the most public-facing one with who drives those cars. Of course, Fabian Coulthard and Gary Jacobson drove for the team in 2021 and basically look set to roll into 2022, certainly both of them. Hmm. So that might not be the case now. New owner, new contracts, you know, starting afresh. So effectively, in I guess in the very simple business terms, you can just, um, with the new owner, you can scrunch up any contract that sat in the top drawer of John O'Webb's desk and you can move on to the next one. I don't believe it's as simple as that. There might be some extra little uh, caveats to it that, um, you know, Fabian mm. or Gary Jacobson might be able to, to hold on to to potentially retain the drive or get paid out or whatever mm. that might mm. be. But obviously the fish are circling and there's a couple of drivers who have been mentioned pretty high up there in the chain as potential drivers for the team, you know, whether they replace Fabs or whether they replace Gary Jacobs. So I'd imagine Gary's pretty safe. Would you, mm. would you, would you say he's. Well, I think it, obviously the difference between Fabian and Gary is Gary does bring some sponsorship to the team to, to help fund his ride. I don't think that's really any secret, you know, whereas Fabian is coming in as a paid professional driver. Um, so, you know, it depends what Peter wants to do, whether he wants to have people helping pay the bills or he wants to have a, or pay a professional driver to be on the team and try and attract sponsorship to the team. And um, that's probably the big question, but as far as I know, and I, and I have spoken with Fabs about it, but I probably can't talk too much about it. Um, Come on. Did you record the I, conversation? I That's where you need I to did just record, record it, just for future. I did. <laughs> I definitely recorded it. Um, no, but I think uh, it's not dead in the water. I don't. I don't get that feeling. Um, but it's probably more than likely is. Yeah. Know? Okay. So who steps in then? The two big names being bandied around the uh, paddock is Chris Pither and Zane Goddard. So Chris Pither. He'd actually said, so he drove for Team Sydney 2020, is that right? He was uh, in the Coke car mm. alongside mm -hmm. uh, Alex, Alex Davison, yep. uh, who did all of the rounds except one when James Courtney, Courtney was the original driver for the Team Sydney iteration of the squad just before COVID hit at that uh, at, in Adelaide. And then Alex Davison stepped in after James Courtney walked. So, uh, yeah, it has been a little bit of rough waters leading up to this. Uh, now, um, Crispy, Chris Pither, Kiwi's been around for a long time, very, very, very experienced. Mm -hmm. uh, he's also got a, uh, a little bit of, or potentially got a little bit of financial assistance through that uh, very small American soda drink company, Coca-Cola. <laughs> so he Ooh, might be able to land there. 
and uh, Zane Goddard, of course, um, who's just fresh out of Matt Stone Racing, having done just done his first full year mm. in the championship, is also um, potentially in the mix to uh, to be there. So, uh, a couple but of I, reasonable I don't know options. Why. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's, there's, and like I don't want to make out as though you know just because they're bringing some financial backing that they're no good as drivers. I mean, that's not the case. Um, but you know, there's probably quite a few there that uh, at a probably similar level for the team. And like I said before, whether Peter wants the ride to be fully funded or he's able to subsidise the ride and maybe potentially pick a person that he really wants in the car. But yeah, some interesting sort of names circling around. Uh, but some of that might be just rumours as well. You know, I know Crispy's mm-hmm. come out. Uh, earlier last or sorry towards the end of last year saying that he'd definitely be in a seat um this year and no one could really see where that was gonna be but yeah. maybe this has been bubbling away for a bit longer than what, what we thought I, I don't know but yeah his name's been thrown up and uh i've got to take my hat off to him if he gets himself back into a full-time seat um, that is an amazing job because he's sort of been in and out of a full-time seat um doing enduros just sort of doing what he can to stay in the game keeping that sponsor uh, excited about going car racing and now an opportunity has come up and he's pouncing on it potentially. So I'd love um, to see, I'd love to see the stat and uh, this is uh, probably more for the V8 sleuth, but um, we won't promote his podcast, but this, this is definitely a question that you would ask the sleuth. And I'm sure with a little bit of digging, they'd be able to find the answer. How many, guys have had full-time drives and then dipped out of having full-time drives and then come back Mm. and dipped out and then Mm. come back. I'm pretty sure this will be Chris Pither's at least fourth full-time opportunity Mm. in a supercar with brakes in between. Yeah. 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 So he he works really hard in the background to create these opportunities. Yeah. And look, we're 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 not saying, we're not saying that Chris is in, but um, that's, he has history with that team. His name is uh, being uh, seems like it's in the mix. So uh, an amazing, amazing result if he is able to do it. And I tell you what, uh, I'd said Thomas Randall is one of the nicest guys at the start of this pod. Chris Pither is arguably <laughs> the nicest guy who walks around Supercars Championship paddocks. Like the guy hey, is Ripper. is forever smiling, and yeah. you know, even if the chips are down, like he's got that. Um, that cheeky little Kiwi smile. So, um, yeah, you definitely won't be able to, uh, you, you definitely can't begrudge him of, uh, of no, anything, any not. opportunity that absolutely he might not. get. It's really more discussing, you know, how it's rolled out. I mean, for Fabs in particular, um, if he's out of a seat, you know, I know that he's uh, had other opportunities and, but he had his seat lined up. So why would he look anywhere else? Um, and, and if this is a case where he's losing a seat now, it's so late in the game, so late in the game to try and even get one of the best co-drives. I mean, I think probably the fact that Holdsworth has got himself a new seat uh, for this year leaves a spot at uh, Walkershaw Andretti United. So maybe that there's an opportunity there for Fabs to jump in as a co-drive. And you know, that's obviously going to be a, a very good seat, whether it's with uh, Jazz or with Nick or whatever. Um, so there is a couple of seats available, but not a lot. And if he doesn't get released from his contract soon, those opportunities might just dry up real quick. So he's in a bit of a pickle. And unfortunately, he's been put in that by somebody else's uh, actions. And uh, 
anyway, we'll, uh, he's a tough nut. There's no doubt about that. He'll be on it and um, see where he, he finds himself. We'll see. Um, okay, cool. Uh, right, we've done Team Sydney. Probably on to some CEO action. So mm. it was announced uh, late last year that Sean Seymour was out and that he might hang around for as long as six months before they find a new CEO. But they've already found the new CEO. He was sitting right below the current, the uh, outgoing CEO, the COO, that's Shane Howard. So that had been rumoured for a little bit. We spoke to Mark Fogarty last week about that. Shane Howard, he has been in the sport longer Oh, not as long as you and I, Tony, but he's been around for a damn long time and has uh, been a great servant to supercars in a variety of roles. And now he gets to have his time as the big cheese, as the CEO. So a uh, again, a, um, you know, really nice guy, a real doer. You know, he gets mm. uh, he gets stuff done. Um, you know, possibly some might think it's a bit of a soft touch, but. You know they uh, they do have a brand new brand new owners are in uh, whole new systems all in place with new boards and um, a new new chairman as well who uh, looks pretty robust. So uh, yeah, it's a um, it was certainly a sensible and safe option. Yeah, I totally agree. And just reading some of the comments that some of the team owners have put out there about the decision, I think everyone's pretty happy about it. Everyone knows him. They know how he operates. He, he obviously knows the business and he's done this. He's done the caretaker role a few times now. So it's not like the, it's the first time he's sort of taken that lead role for, for the championship. And I think it's great. They, they reward him. And um, I think it's um, the right move. Why introduce somebody new um, to the championship with all these other changes going on as well. It's sort of, you know, I think people underestimate uh, having some stability in a business and I think Shane is going to be, you know, a really, really good leader. Now he's got the support of everybody in the paddock. And now he's actually been chosen to lead, not just um, handed the reins because somebody's left and he was the only one standing. Um, he's actually been given given the job on merit. So um, I think it's great for supercars. Yep. Well, new CEO in tow, and we've got some new cars that are hitting the track as well, Tony D. The Gen 3 Mustangs and Camaros were pounding around Queensland Raceway. I didn't see your name on the entry list, though. No. It seemed like they had a lot of drivers there, though. There was, seemed to be everybody <laughs> having a steer at some stage. Yeah, it was um, a, a, a arrive, uh, arrive and drive sort of deal. Yeah, I wonder if they've got the seats on like a slider or something, because you got one minute you got Will Brown there, next minute you got SVG or... Uh, you know, tall, tall people. Um, but yeah, good that the cars are out on track. Seem to be doing quite a few laps. Um, you know, sound good. Uh, I saw somebody have a bit of an off in the in the Camaro, so I don't know who that was. But I just wonder what their real opinion of the cars are. You know, whether they're actually loving them or if it's just a bit of hype at the moment. But it's early days. Early days. They look good. They sound good. It's probably all they need to know right now. That uh, that comment there, all it makes me do is think about what Daniel Ricciardo was heard to say during the uh, when the new Formula One car got launched, and uh, he called it a shitbox or something, and it uh, he had to clarify it real quick. I think a lot of the supercars drivers would know to uh, just keep it uh, under wraps. I think uh, supercars must have lost my number because um, it seemed like everybody else got contacted to have a steer of these things, and. Uh, 
I did put my hand up to Adrian Burgess when we were at Bathurst. I said, mate, if you need anybody to just run around circles, I'm happy to do it. Clearly, he got me mixed up with Bill Davison or Zane Goddard or Brock Feeney or Will Brown or Shane mm. Gisbergen. Well, or... It's not like you're making just lists. Just keeps going on. Just keeps going on and on. Actually, interesting. Half though, the Bathurst field. We, if Zane Goddard's got no seat right now, why does he get to drive the Gen 3? Well, I guess the I don't get this. handy being based on the Gold Coast. So, and you're There's clearly lots of not. drivers on the Gold Coast, bro. Okay. Well, maybe some of the guys on the Gold Coast just aren't really interested in doing it. They want to enjoy their January and not get too uh, hot and sweaty around Queensland Raceway. Um, I know one guy that didn't drive it because he was too busy driving something else pretty cool. Mm. My teammate Anton Di Pasquale. Oh yeah, he he didn't drive it. He uh, was on his way back from Dubai. Mm, not bad. Did a, did a little twenty uh, four hour race over there. Yeah, with the Groves, mm. with the Stephen and Brenton Grove. They finished sixth in class. It wasn't exactly what they were aiming for, but cool event to be part of. Pretty good though. I think there was like eighty cars or something on the mm. on the track. Mm-hmm. Not GT three cars, but no, there was TCR uh, cars out there. Tony D. Oh jeez, jeez. That'd be boring, 24 hours and that thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, there were some good names there. I think mm-hmm. Christopher Mees won the race. We obviously know Meesy uh, he comes out here all the time in the mm-hmm. Audi. Mm-hmm. Um, but Maro Engel was there. Like a lot of big European names were racing in the event. So to finish six is a very good effort when they, uh, you know, it was a pro-am setup. It wasn't just the pros um, teaming up together. So mm-hmm. very cool. I, I know what I'd rather be doing. Sitting at home, babysitting. No, I mean, parenting. No, no, no. I'd rather be driving a beautiful Porsche around all around the world rather than doing Gen Three testing. Okay, cool. The uh, when you brought up Christopher Mees, it uh, reminded me of a tale that included yourself, myself, and Christopher Mees. Oh yeah. Uh, it was the twenty twenty Bathurst twelve hour. And I'd set up a little press opportunity when I really had no business setting up any press opportunities. <laughs> I did. It, I don't know why I did it. I think I was just maybe getting you a little bit of some publicity, but mm. you got on the front page of the Great Western Advocate. Did you and Christopher May standing at that big bike track? What do they call? What, it's what BMX is that track? It's a BMX it's, track. Yeah. For those that don't know. At the back of Mount Panorama, there is You'd a, never know. You would never know because when you look at Mount Panorama, you look at that big sign and and dream about the uh, 6.213 kilometres of racetrack. But behind the mountain, there is this giant world-class motorbike, um, um, BMX track, mm. which is a uh, an absolute marvel. You wouldn't believe this thing. It goes, as you could imagine, it goes down a giant hill it actually goes down the other side of mount panorama's hill to start this thing you weren't game enough on the day to jump mm. on a bmx bike to mm. to go down there it was, it was way too close to the actual race and i probably would have fallen off and broken my leg but knowing what i know now and i'm like a bmx bandit these days mm-hmm. absolute bandit i did after work today oscar and i went for a little ride on our bikes you know just around the past, just doing some jumps and things, you know, cool stuff. And I probably would do it now. I've got confidence back on the BMX and I'm, I'm loving it. So um, right. maybe when we go to the 12 hour this year, which is now moved to May, that's right, which we can talk about as well. 
Mm. Um, I'll bring my BMX up and we'll go and have a bang. Let's do it. Okay. I reckon yeah. we should. Lock it in. Um, yeah, maybe we do it on the Monday after the race, though. Good call. Good call. Yeah, Little recovery go. ride. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Uh, the Bathurst 12 hour in May. You're locked in to do it with Wall Racing uh, and your uh, longtime friends mm. in that Lamborghini. Uh, it's going to be cold up there at that time of year. Yeah, I never thought of that, actually. Yeah, I suppose it's going to be much – the conditions are going to be a lot better uh, for driving, maybe even some wet weather. Who knows? Um, wet weather at that track? Never. It'd be great. It'd be great. Um, it would throw another element into it. I mean, I, I know – COVID is getting blamed for the for the date change, but I'm not sure we can blame it on COVID this time. I'm just no. not sure. I don't, no. I don't think that's quite right. But anyway, either way, I'm glad they've kept the race a 12-hour event because there's a little bit of chat about it going to like a three-hour or four-hour, or which just is an absolute waste of time, to be honest. So good they're keeping it the, the full distance. And if that has to happen a little bit later in the year, then that's all good. Okay, so uh, it looks like so all the other dates for the ARG stuff got locked away as well with Sydney Motorsport Park taking in an, a date in May. What so a that's shock. at the end of May. It's going to make May a pretty busy time of the year. Um, there was some news in TCR land as well with a new driver stepping in. We had Braden Wilmington buy one of those Alfa Romeos over the break, so he'll be driving against yourself or maybe against yourself if your deal gets all wrapped away for Honda and et cetera. Yeah, they better bloody hurry up with some news there, doesn't it? But um, you speak to them? A, yeah, ring, sure. Ring Honda I'll, I'll, give, lock uh, it in I'll give our good friend Justin Lacey a uh, quick uh, couple of digits on my phone and see if he picks it up. He's probably still on holidays, that guy. Yeah. So yeah. lazy. Loves a holiday. Loves a holiday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, we do have a new driver in Bailey Sweeney, who's joining the HMO customer racing team in the Hyundai's. No, no, not not Feeney, Sweeney. Ah, oh, Sweeney. Gotcha. Got it. Yep. So he's going to drive for a third Hyundai. <sighs> and the kid looks so young. So well, he's, young. He's eighteen. Oh, brother. He's, oh, he's 18. eighteen. Yes, he is. Oh, young. He looks about fourteen. <laughs> he's been doing quite well in the Toyota Gazoo eighty six series. Mm-hmm. He finished fifth last time they went up there to Mount Panorama. He's been a regular contender in the top bit of that field. So Good. I think he's got some reasonable pedigree. I think he'll, uh, he might go okay. It's good. It's a good it's a little stepping stone for him. You know, he's obviously showed his potential in the 86s and now move into the next phase of his career and come up against um, some red hot talent in, in the big, TCR. The big dogs. The big dogs. I think, um, look, watch out for uh, for more news in that ARG TCR land. Of course, I get to do the, the I get the privilege of doing the media management for that category and a bunch of the other yes. ARG categories. And I've been doing much of it lately. It's been oh, quiet. Brother, there's been heaps of news. What are you talking oh, about? Okay. Actually, I do get a lot of emails from you, a lot of uh, uh, press releases, embargoes, and I'm like, mate, I don't care. I don't I almost reply and say, don't send me anything unless it's got my my name in it. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) You you asked to be, that this is your problem. You asked to be in it. And then I put you in it and then you complain that you're in it. No, I just wanted to be in the team managers once so I can work out what the hell's going on with the championship, not what 
he's actually, you know, every press release under the sun getting sent mm-hmm. to me about someone that's joining Trans Am or S5000 or I don't know what else. All right. Well, I'll pick and choose the ones that you get from now on. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, um, it was quite early this morning. You sent one. It's like yeah. seven o'clock. I thought, Jesus. Yeah, I'm busy. Busy Shit beaver. Bed. Busy beaver. Busy, busy, busy. That's right, early talk- for you though, isn't it? Talking talking of busy, I went to Dream Simulation today, uh, Thomas, Thomas Randall's little creation where he's got a uh, got his simulator and does a lot of driver training, driver coaching, and some some fun and games for people as well. Of course, Thomas is going to drive the Castrol Racing Mustang for Tickford Racing this year. Uh, we had a bunch of fun today doing a doing a heap of laps in his simulator. I did not many laps. I did a lot of filming and content creation with him driving those laps. Uh, So you'll you'll be able to see those on uh, some of the Castrol social channels uh, over the course of the year. But I did grab him while I was there. I grabbed him for for a pretty quick chat to talk about how his off-season went, some of his hopes and dreams for the year, and, of course, slid in a couple of extra little sneaky questions, you know, to try and get those um, newsmongers uh, writing stories with the uh, as-told parked up. Got to be, you got to be real careful with those questions that you sneak in there. <laughs> I am pretty tricky. All right, here we go. Thomas Randall on the Parked Up podcast. And of course, we thank the great support of Race Fuels. Hey, and it's great to have Thomas Randall on the Parked Up podcast. It's just uh, Grant doing this solo. I've left Tony D at home. Uh, Thomas, we've spent the whole day of you racing a simulator. Are you bored with this just yet? Uh, is that with the sim or with yourself, Grant? <laughs> Maybe a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it'd be nice to have Tony D here as well. You know, I miss that guy. But look, it, you know, we've got to get it done. But it, it's been really good, actually, because I've been able to yeah, cut laps of, I guess, every track that I'm going, going to be going to this year. And, and one of those tracks I've actually never been to, which is the Pukekohe Park Circuit in Auckland. So I've done a lot of racing in New Zealand, but I've never raced at that track. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting there later in the year, but got a lot more to get through prior to that. Mm. Yeah. Big year for you, mate. A huge year with uh, your first full-time year. It's hard to call you a rookie though, because you've done so much uh, in the past. We've seen you in supercars, you know, for, for quite a number of years with Super 2, which culminated in you winning that championship. Uh, you've done some wild cards over the past couple of years as well. COVID has kind of, you know, maybe left you a year behind potentially. But uh, I don't know. What's what's your what's your overall thoughts? What's uh, where does your head sit right now ahead of your first full time crack at it? Well, like kind of like you touched on, it's it is a weird feeling knowing that I guess officially I'm a rookie, but I have done so many miles in a supercar and I've been one of the only guys to do laps in. I've raced a ZB Commodore as well, not only the Ford Mustang, you know, I've driven the FGX and I've driven the Nissan. So I've driven quite a lot of different manufacturer supercars and... No Mercedes, you didn't drive No Mercedes, Mercedes, correct, no Mercedes. I think Will Will Davison probably has me covered in in (laughs) more cars maybe. But it's going to be a challenging year and I I don't underestimate the competition. That's probably going to be... Well, that is going to be the hardest thing for the year is that jump and that's something that i got a taste of last year in the in the three wild cards that i did i mean when you are a co-driver it's very different because you're kind of just going up against other co-drivers and you're racing more to a number it's endurance racing whereas this is 
you know, very hardcore. You've got to qualify the car, and it's really on that one lap that kind of can set up your race or your weekend. And that's something that I learnt doing those wild cards. And I made mistakes here and there in the wild cards. I stalled in the pits in one of the races in Darwin, and I think that's where the wild cards helped me because it's allowed me to kind of make those mistakes and it's not been crucial or critical because I haven't been going for championship points or a championship position and I've got some great teammates this year you know Cam Waters, James Courtney, Jake Kostecki and I really want to lean on those guys because I think that's kind of how I'm going to be able to maximise myself as well and like I said it's really just trying to see what it's going to be like against the competition because it's uh, as we know the most competitive tin top category in the world. So yeah, a four strong Tickford team for the year. Uh, they they moved back up to four cars, which I think is uh, should be a positive. Is that um, how much of a difference is that going to make to the team? They've been four cars before. They'd slip back to three, and I know they had the the quasi fourth with with Tim Slade there. But now that they're at um, four, is that? going to make a difference do you think that the is the team happier at at four i think tim has sort of publicly said that that's kind of their business model is running the four cars i mean it's certainly being an even number you know the the spread for the staff for logistics even for you know sharing the pit booms it just makes more sense really uh for the trucks as well you know two cars in each truck and you're not sort of yet sharing that pit bay or Know, the the pit boom with a, a different team as such so there's sort of more communication between the guys that are sharing that boom and I think it's kind of four driver engineering pairings that can gather and discuss more feedback over a race weekend so it's kind of like you could say more guinea pigs te- trying different things on the cars or you know different techniques different um, philosophies so in a way I think it's it, it's great it's going to be obviously more workload you know there's pros and cons to really anything that you do and I think the team just got to be on top of that which they've done it before and they did it as well you know back when uh, they ran Will Davison uh, in the fourth in the fourth car which was a customer car that was more kind of when they were doing that fourth entry which was like their yeah fourth customer car thing but now it's yeah four cars fully uh, Tickford racing cars but, um, yeah, very much looking forward to it. And as I said before, I think having that, I can lean on the other guys in the team. One guy who would definitely want to lean on is Cam Waters. He's been the star for the team over the past couple of years, a couple of uh, second places at that big one at Mount Panorama of the Bathurst 1000. Um, he's going to be a championship contender. You would imagine that he'll be one of few who will go into the season as the favourite. Uh, how closely? Do you look at him? How closely will you be, you know, matching yourself up against him to, you know, fast track your development? Oh, very closely. I mean, this will be his seventh year in the championship, and he'll know in his heart that he wants to win it. Uh, kind of like you know, now or never. Especially after the last few years. I mean, he got super close in 2020, finishing second, and it's. I'm sure. Yeah, he, he wants to win the championship as much as we all do. But he's going to be the guy in the team that I think we're probably all going to lean off. And look, there's going to be days where maybe he's not the quickest guy on the team. It could be JC, and, and you know, there could be a day where I'm the quickest guy. But certainly, there's going to be corners that Cam's doing better, or you know, he might be breaking better, or his feedback. I might be able to say, okay, yep, right, what he's saying, I can sort of mirror that feedback, or all right, 
I could learn maybe I need to be concentrating on different things with the car or, or my feedback could be improved. And yeah, having that instant analysis or instant data straight from him is great. And not only that, but he's just a really good person as well. And, you know, we're, we're good mates and even off track, we hang out a fair bit. So I think that relationship's really strong between him and I. And I'm just going to try and, yeah, lean on him. And I don't think he's too bothered by it because he wants the best for everyone in the team. And that's really a true team player. Yeah, so uh, James Courtney and Jake Ostecki are your other two teammates who can't be discounted. Certainly, uh, Courtney has been was strong in, in certain parts uh, during during last year's championship. Jake comes in as a, as a bit of a question mark, and it's our first real chance to see exactly where he'll be at. What's been your initial uh, discussions or, or chat with Jake? They've all been really positive. I saw Jake not that long ago, actually, at the factory, and... He's a good kid. I get along with him really well, and yeah, hopefully he can have a strong year. It's yeah, it's hard to know. He's had some good results or some solid results in supercars, but yeah, you just don't know what the team environment was like, what what was going on behind the scenes. But now we kind of all know because we're all yeah part of that one team. We all know what's going on with each other, and hopefully we can all yeah have a really good run. And you know, I'd be lying if I said I don't want to beat him at the end of the year. I mean, that's the goal is to try and you know I guess beat your teammates, but um. We'll just see where we are and, you know, at the end of the day, I just need to focus on my my car as well and make sure I'm doing all the right things behind the wheel too. Uh, yeah, focus on yourself. Who is focusing on you? Do you have uh, your engineer locked in for the year? Uh, not currently, no. Uh, everyone's kind of still working through that process. Um, so, yeah, be pretty keen to find out pretty soon um, so we can sort of get that underway. But, yeah, it's... We'll just see what happens in the, in the coming days or coming weeks. Do you have to pinch? Can, do you have to pinch yourself sometimes? Like uh, you know, you're in, you, as we've discussed, you've been on the fringe, like and very close for a number of years. And uh, you know, maybe this has come a couple of years after you'd probably hoped. So, do you sort of think, damn, this is like finally it's happened? Or, I don't know. What what's your feels? Well, I mean, it is a pretty surreal feeling and it's it's weird because I, I think I probably won't start pinching myself until I get to Newcastle. I mean, I've been doing a bit of study of all the rounds and, yeah, it's uh, a bit of a crazy feeling to think that's going to be me on the grid as one of the 25 cars. And it wasn't that long ago that I was in the grandstand or, you know, watching from the sidelines thinking, yeah, this would be damn cool to be out there. And, and now it's, it's a reality. And, I mean, we, we announced it midway through last year and again even announcing it doesn't feel real but once we sort of get closer to the start of the season that build up and the pre-season testing that we do and you know all the I guess media stuff that we do up into the first round and then being one of those cars out in the apron lining up heading out for practice one at Newcastle it's uh, going to be a real pinch me kind of moment. Now we're going to get to do a bit of work together this year for Castrol Castrol has a long, long heritage in the sport. Must be kind of cool to know that you know there's hasn't been a lot of guys who have had you know full Castrol deals for for their year. But when you do think about those guys, it's Larry Perkins, it's Russell Ingle, Stephen Richards, Tony Longhurst, Rick Kelly. All these guys are legends of the sport, and uh, yeah, there's no pressure at all. Yeah, all these legends, and they've gone and picked me. No, look, it's. 
it's a yeah, pretty incredible feeling. And also to pick up a rookie as well, you know, I guess you'd say I'm not a, a fully named driver yet. I mean, it's my it'll be my first full time year in the category. So to have global backing from Castrol, not only Castrol but also BP, is is pretty significant. And of course, all the other partners that are stuck by me that are on the car as well for 2022. It's yeah, it's not many kids can or not many guys could probably say that you know if someone had told me a couple of years ago that you'll be full-time with a, uh driving a castrol car and a brand ambassador for castrol i'd probably told them that they're joking and look at i've just got to thank firstly my family as well for everything they've done yeah all the supporters are stuck by me and and the whole team at castrol and bp and i just want to do them really proud and i want to kind of continue on with where they left off and emulate what the previous ambassadors have done for the brand because it's a it's an incredible global brand they've been in the motorsport game for i mean as long as i can remember that their existence is longer than a century so yeah it's kind of been weird not seeing a castrol car on the grid and and now it will be on the grid and piloted by me which is yeah pretty incredible very cool like uh it's nice that you thank your family um and all your supporters because there's been a couple of rough roads that you've had to go through in the past little bit you probably don't have to answer as many of these uh, cancer type questions uh anymore but uh i just i can't help myself i need to know uh how how is it all going and um yeah are, are we, we're cancer free and we don't need to talk about this pretty much yeah yeah cancer free and it was only a couple of days ago that um, it was the two-year uh, reminder on Facebook memories that I had my, uh, yeah, when I first got diagnosed, which it just feels like it's gone by so quickly. And at the time, it felt like it was going by so slowly. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to think it wasn't that long ago that yeah, I was in the hospital bed and kind of doubting my future and doubting if, you know, I'd be able to drive a racing car again. And I know at the time it was probably, now I look back on it, they were extreme reactions. But at the time it was kind of like I didn't really know any better. And then once you kind of get more knowledge on the situation, uh, you, yeah, you kind of realise that, okay, maybe it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not a death sentence. And I just, yeah, hopefully I've been able to help a few guys over the last couple of years to think, hey, all right, let's go and get checked or get tested because something doesn't feel quite right and uh, that you can just keep doing the things you love even if you're going through, you know, a tough time. Yeah, awesome. I did like you with the bald head, though. <laughs> or do you like having your hair back? What's the what's the feel there? <laughs> well, uh, let's see. I think I might have won more races last year with, a, with no hair. <laughs> so it was probably more aerodynamic. But, look, I do prefer having the hair, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so that was uh, S5000, and as you say, that was a year ago and, you know, making your race comeback. I remember seeing you come back after those quali and race sessions and you were completely spent, but, uh, you know, you were very much on the in the recovery phase at that point. It was cool that you did get to do S5000. The championship was kind of cut a little bit short. Do we expect to see you do anything else this year other than s- supercars? I mean, I'd like to dip my toes in other things. I mean, whether I hop behind the wheel of an S5000 again or if it's my father's sports sedan. We did a few rounds last year, well, the, well, the ones we could that weren't COVID-affected. And, I mean, look, my full focus is on the Supercars Championship because I think this year or the next two years are kind of like a, you know, 
make or break kind of deal for anyone that's stepping into the category and I just want to do everything I can properly. But if opportunities present themselves to me, then we'll look at doing some other stuff as well. But for now, main focus, supercars, and then if anything else comes, we'll, we'll look into it. Okay, uh, talk to me about uh, some expectations for this year. Uh, tough field, of course. Uh, last year of this generation of car, you know the cars really well, but so do pretty much every single other driver out there. So where do you see yourself at the end of the year? I mean, I think the ultimate goal would be if we could crack into the 10, if we could finish, you know, just at the top 10 or maybe just outside of the top 10 in the first year, that would be the absolute ultimate. And if we can grab a podium or even a win, I mean, it was shown last year that a rookie can win in supercars, so there's no reason why it can't be done again. And I think I've got the right tools to be able to do that. So, yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen through the year, whether there's going to be DNFs or issues that are out of your control but if everything goes smoothly yeah if we can end end in that sort of area in the championship and then build on that hopefully for next year and into gen three you know whether you can i can get into that top 10 and then just try and work from there you know top five would be a dream and you know winning that would be just incredible but i won't get too far ahead of myself there i know that i've got to be realistic and that the competition is in extremely fierce and we'll just we'll just see what happens. Just try not to put too much pressure on myself. Uh, you mentioned the the rookies and the the two who stood out last year. Obviously, were Will Brown and Brody Kostecki. You did a lot of your junior racing against those guys, and you went punch for punch with them. Do you sort of like while the the your Tickford teammates will be the ones you're pouring over data? Do you look at those guys as as benchmarks, as guys that you know you know or you want to be competing up where they are? I think so. I mean, you kind of look at them and think they've got the sort of relevant or similar amount of experience as I do, albeit a full year in the supercars category already. However, up to that point, I mean, I was racing against Will back in F4 days in 2015 and then I went the European path for a few years and then came back and then we did Super 2 against each other for, for three years. Um, so, yeah, and same with Brody. I raced against him in Super 2 for, for the three years, 2018 to 2020. So be back against those guys, which would be interesting. And, you know, again, Anton raced against him a fair bit. And uh, there's a couple other guys in the category that I've been up against, you know, Bryce Fullwood as well. Um, so we'll just see what happens. Everyone normally has good rounds, bad rounds. And it's just, I think, it's going to be important to keep consistent because consistency is what gets you, uh, you know, more points and points mean prizes. Um, well, we thank you very much for your time on Parked Up. Now, before I go, last question. We have spent the day inside your dream simulation simulators here. We've been burning around supercars tracks. It's an awesome uh, little facility you've got with a, uh, I guess this one's a supercar and the next one is a, uh, the one next door is a is Formula One. How is the business going? Are you getting many people through the gate and getting their bums in the seat and giving them tuition or fun or uh, whatever it might be? It's been really good actually and I guess for me it's been surprising seeing the different likes of people that come through the door. I mean there's yeah certainly a lot of punters that just love the sport not necessarily supercars but just motorsport in general and just want to have a run in a you know supercar around Bathurst or an F1 at Albert Park or Spa or whatever it might be. You know we've hosted you know a couple of functions here as well where we use both simulators 
and it's been yeah really really fun actually and i just love seeing people's i guess faces and you know the smiles on their faces afterwards knowing that they've really enjoyed themselves and you know it, it kind of ranges from people that just want to have fun and then guys and girls that want to improve as well and uh and get better as the as the session goes on so you know i've been having punters race drivers guys and girls that you know want to get into sim driving so there's been a real range and uh yeah i really enjoy it do you reckon i should have a crack now before i take off i reckon it's not the worst idea however you know i wouldn't uh expect great things <laughs> you know me too well thomas thanks for your time no worries thanks grant cheers so great to talk to Thomas, always a lovely guy. I thank him for having me inside his, uh, his building there. If you do get the opportunity to go to Dream Simulation, you should take it up, even though I was tempted to have a, uh, a little steer. I didn't actually get the chance, but uh, Thomas didn't think I was going to do any good at it anyway. Uh, and look, he's probably right. <laughs> But that's you can organise for us uh, to go and have a parked up day down there. Be yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah, let's uh, let's get it going. Beat uh, okay. beat Tony maybe, D. That'd be easy. But uh, maybe we get uh, maybe like a prize for for our Ooh. listeners. Oh, yeah. Speak to Thomas. See You'd if we be can open do that. to that. Yep. All right. Cool. Yep. And then if someone from um, Brisbane wins it, you're footing the all expenses paid. <laughs> Are you going to have them up in Hotel Delberta? Yeah, no dramas. No heaps of beds. Great. All right. Lock it COVID, in. COVID free at the moment too. Thank there you. COVID free, hopefully until 2023. <laughs> um, so. All right. Cool. Uh, but anything else you need to uh, tick off from this, uh, uh, this great conversation we've had this afternoon? No, I think we've covered it, but there has been a lot of news this week and it feels like supercars is just starting to kick into gear and, motorsport in general and i think by the time we talk next time we might start to see some formula one liveries come out as well which i'm excited to see what they look like Ooh, on the new spec that's F1 right car. it's not even the liveries this year that we're going to get excited about it's going to be more about what these cars look like and how these mm. teams have interpreted the rules that they are able to um to manipulate and change and and craft the thing that we've loved about formula one over the years, some of that will be lost, but because the cars are going to look completely different, it's she's going to be pretty wild. Has anyone heard from Lewis Hamilton, by the way? Oh, uh, well, he did come out after, after the whole thing. I don't think he's using social media at all. Oh, well, that's a shame. He's gone. He's gone. Uh, what's that? Um, what's that uh, very popular MIA. singer? That very popular singer just before she released a new album, she deleted everything off her uh, off her uh, socials in uh, in the build know, up a, in the hype. Was it Adele or something? Uh, no, it wasn't Adele. It was that other one who sings about men who are bastards. Oh, okay, <laughs> they all do that, don't they? That's right. It's because we are. <laughs> all right, cool. That's it. We're done. Press on. Uh, that's parked See up for week. another week and we'll uh, talk to you soon. See you, mate.